Hello and welcome to Canine Hooper's World, the podcast. A whole new world of fun. Everyone's invited. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 45 of Canine Hooper's World, the podcast. Today I've got a special guest. We have been friends for a very, very long time. Uh, we've worked together. We are both assessors at IMDT together and um, we've done loads of trick stuff and well loads of stuff together really so let me introduce you to the one the only the fantabulous Mr Lee Hobbs hello babe hello you right (laughs) you're like oh Jesus that was an intro yeah wasn't it didn't expect that nice here we're fancy on this podcast that all again if you like and write it down (laughs) well it's recorded in the world now that I've actually been nice to you so I'll keep listening back to that first bit You've got it on record. It's it's official. Yeah. <laughs> Here we are. Yeah, we've known each other a very, very, very yeah, like decade. Yeah, probably ten years. Got to be ten years. Got to be. Yeah, that's yeah. a long last time, really. I know, and I still speak to you. It's good. <laughs> it's because I'm amazing. Obviously. Obviously. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. So. Let's, um, well, we're going to chat today. We're going to talk a little bit about puppies, but I think let's start kind of with IMDT because we're both assessors and I know that some of the listeners might be thinking about doing their IMDT assessment and we hear these little rumours and whispers, don't we, that like, oh, you know, they either, oh, they don't do the assessment properly or, are oh, they try and make you fail or the other extreme is, oh, it's really easy, like, Let's get down to the T of that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> nice controversial start. Thanks. Yeah. Boom. We're in. Um, <laughs> so really, yeah. So IMDT assessment. No, none of us are there to fail anybody. We, as assessors, we, as the IMDT, we want to make the dog training world as best we possibly can, yep. and have the best trainers we possibly can, and. As assessors, I'm not going to talk too much in depth about the assessment process, but you know, while we're taking the assessments, you know, we want people to to pass, you know, if they've got the knowledge, yeah, and do really well if they've got the knowledge. We know that we want them to pass. We want good dog trainers out there. Mm-hmm. And if there's anybody that doesn't quite meet the grade straight away, it doesn't mean well. No, you know, it's the information okay. you just given. go back you keep learning and yeah you try again. It's, that's it and it's never it's never a no it's go back but you know it depends on the people that say it's really easy the probably people who've got lots of knowledge and and you know potentially breezed it mm-hmm. um but we're all we've got a criteria that we have to follow as yes. assessors yeah so we can't make it any more challenging. We can't make it easier. It's got it's got to be across the board as it is. You know, yeah, we we have our little checklist of things we need to tick off. And if you got yeah. ticks, amazing. But if you didn't get enough ticks, like we did yeah, this all, one, you just didn't get the tick. It's all verified. It's all you know. If it's if it goes through the OCN, so it's looked at by multiple people. Mm. So it doesn't just go off one person say so. And like I said, there's a, there's a structure in place and the criteria needs to be met. Um yeah. but I, I like taking assessments. <laughs> I like it. It, it is cool being it is cool being an assessor and like I mean 
you've you've assessed all the parts i've only done the rescue section so far um but it's cool last time we were buddied up as well so we were kind of both there i was doing the handling bit you were doing the writing bit i think i I think you got the easier job i'm just saying (laughs) because i sat down in the van all day writing notes no yeah well i was outside yeah, I had, a, I had a bad back sat in my van, sat in oh, the back of my van. Oh, right petal. Oh, petal. I know. But, you know, but, the place, um, it is, you know, it's, it needs to be, what it is, need to go into, everyone needs to go into that open mind. It's, we are, we are assessing you for the criteria, sending you off to be a, a really decent, yeah. um, qualified dog trainer that you can be proud of. And that's, that's and the things like the APDT have an assessment process as well, yeah. where you have to send in, um, you have to do a essay, and then you have a practical part as well. So a lot of the organisations do have an assessment process. PAC does as well, because we're trying to keep the standard of dog training high and keep yeah. it high and make sure that the people that are out there flying the flag of IMDT or APDT or PAC or any of the other kind of really good dog training kind of education providers, we we need to have a standard. You know, um, Mr. Hewins and his scent work stuff, they have an assessment. When people do the Hooper's World Instructor course, they have questions they have to answer at the end of it for level one and they have video assessment for level two. So... I, I just thought we'd kind of start on that because we're both assessors. I know there's been lots of kind of, there's been a few little whispers. And for people that are wanting to get into dog training and listen to this podcast, because you're thinking, I would like to be a dog trainer. Maybe you're doing walking at the moment. Maybe you're doing boarding. You want to take that next step. Like we may be slightly biased because we are both part of the IMDT family, but there are definitely worse paths you can take. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. Um, you know, yeah, I'm always going to big up the IMDT, not because of mm-hmm. my role within it, but my role within it is not just because I am, you know, fabulous. Yeah, yeah obviously. <laughs> keep, keep saying that. Um, instructor, uh, assessor, presenter. I, you know, it's part of my role in the IMDT, but I don't just do it because. I want to be employed by them partly as well as my own job, but um, because I believe in it, I've believed in it from day one. I've been I've been there pretty much from the very start of how it all, you know, kind of originals. We're yeah, like the original definitely. batch. Seen it grow and seen it grow and seen it change and yeah, you know, kind of known Steve's vision from day one really, and it's it's got to be something that's that's promoting decent dog training because yeah. we know it's. As with any industry, you can go whatever route you like, but but I will always big it up because not just because I've been there from the start, but because I know the ins and outs and how we want. Like we said with the assessment process, I think it's different because it's we give people much more of an opportunity to to get it right because we want to educate them to get it right. We don't just but go right. Meet also, this, meet the other it. thing I love is that to be part of the IMDT we do get reassessed every two years and we both get reassessed every two years as well even as course instructors and assessors we still have to sit there and go hi OCN we have still done our CPD we've carried on doing courses we're still learning we're still doing the good stuff and 
that was the one of the main reasons I picked IMDT at the very start was because I liked being held accountable to keep pushing and keep striving and keep learning. Yeah, because if if you don't, it's like take driving for example. You take a driving test and then you're off for the rest rest of rest of your life. And I'm pretty sure right now I would 100% fail a driving test because yep. we don't get reassessed, we don't get checked, we don't get any more education. It's just right there's your license. Well done, off you go. And it's the same with this industry. You know, it should be a case of, you know, when I instruct on courses, when I present courses and the questions we get, and I'll learn loads from that just from mm-hmm. being the other side of the, the table, if you like. Yeah, yeah. I'll learn from those and I'll keep learning. And everything that my business itself personally is developed, my own personal development, because but I've continued when- when you're being asked questions, your knowledge needs to be good because yeah. you need to be able to answer those questions. Yeah, 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 totally. And if if you can't, it shows that you know you've you've stayed at a level and you've not yeah. carried on learning because the world moves, everything moves, training moves, techniques move. But the other thing moves, I love as moves. well with in the kind of IMDT family, if you like, is that we also understand that some of us kind of specialize in things and like I'm very fortunate if someone wants to know about hoopers I know someone will be like oh speak to Carrie Carrie knows about that yeah if I want to know about tracking I'd ask Sarah or Rob you know if I want to learn about how to do public classes I'll ask you like we all have our little specialties within what we're doing as well which I love and I think the fact that there are so many different courses that, because you taught the two day the other week, didn't you? Did, yeah. Oh, I did a few weeks ago. You're like official now. Yeah, yeah I did my first two day. It was good, really That's good. That's very exciting because the, t- God, how long ago the two day I must have been? I did more than 12, 13 years ago, I did mine. Apologies for the interruption, children. There was a person walking past house. Wasn't even the postman that time. Everyone's used to Lee. The listeners are used to there being little intermittent. The chihuahuas have shouted at someone, which sets off the creature. People yeah. used to this on my podcast. It's fine. Um, but back to, yeah. So with the the two day, I mean, God, I did mine, yeah, like over a decade ago. Yeah. At Glen D. Yeah. Like at the kennels back in day when we used to have the cricket club as a venue. I missed yeah. that venue. That was a good venue. It was nice. It was a good place. Um, but yeah, it's cool. And I just love the fact that I've made some really, really awesome friends through being yeah. part of the organisation. Yeah. You know, like some of us, as we say, have been mates for like a decade now, which yeah. is wicked. But the other thing I like is the support you have because being a dog trainer can be a very, like people think it's all cute puppies and sunny fields and it's like today I've been teaching in like really cold wet horribleness but if you do behavior stuff it mentally that and emotionally that can be really draining but there are times where like you have the best lessons and everyone's team works perfect and it's wicked but there are also cases that are really really hard and as a dog trainer it can be a bit lonely sometimes yeah, massively so. And again, this I know this, this isn't. It might seem like an IMDT advert, but it's not. Um, <laughs> I'm going to tap even, Steve up for sponsorship yeah, at the end. Yeah, I'm invoicing him as we as we speak. So, 
as, so even with the assessment process, I've always enjoyed the assessment process because I've always enjoyed the holding room and everybody getting all pally and sitting and chatting and might be people they've met on the two day, the four day, they get back together and they sit and they support each other. And every time, you know, if I'm outside and running for a wee, quick wee, and as I'm running in, I can hear people going, hey, how'd you get on, how'd you get on? And they're all chatting and uh-huh. yes, people get upset because some people find stressful situations and so they've always got an arm around them, always got somebody comforting them. So from that point of view, you know, that's always been a thing of the IMDT is create that support network and go on the IMDT page, Facebook page, which has got something like 10,000 people on there or something ridiculous yeah, yeah, yeah. that if you put a question on there, you're going to have like 9,000 answers. Yeah, which uh, is really cool. And well, most of it, if you've got an issue, you'll get supported. You won't just go, well, that's rubbish, that's wrong. You need to do it like this. It'll be yeah. support. Exactly that. One thing I loved, the last assessment I did, um, which was really cool, I remember walking into the room and going, right, where are the chewies at? And the people that obviously are not Hooper's One instructors all looked at me like I was nuts. And then I just saw this little sea of hands come up and I was like, yay, the team are here. So for me, that was awesome as well, because some of them, because obviously my stuff's online a lot now, I haven't met in person because we've been doing everything online. So I was like, ah, hello, lovely to meet you. Nice to meet you. It was great to meet you. That was really cool. And also, I mean, I like doing the assessments as well because it, it pushes us as trainers to kind of go, I mean, there are times where you get, some people that come through and do the assessment and they are just freaking epic and you're like yes 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 come and work for me you're amazing <laughs> <laughs> work for me. there are some people that you just go oh my god amazing but even the people that maybe aren't quite ready for their assessment you know they're going to get the feedback of what they need to improve on and how they can kind of do better to pass next time because at the end of the day it isn't a multi-choice everyone passes thing like you do need the knowledge yeah yeah and that's why you're assessed on so many different parts you know it's not just and rightly so because you do need the no matter what you go on to do whether you're going to do group classes whether you can do solely one-to-ones you know the q a you need your learning theory you need a good understanding of what you're doing Mm. um if you can do one-to-ones treat your group classes four five six however many dogs in front of you one-to-ones yeah each of that each of those people and those dogs need individual attention to teach yeah. it you know and it gives you also the the confidence of speaking in front of people because even if you're just speaking in front of one person in their living room um you still got to have the confidence to to know what you're talking about and you need to know what you're talking about you know whether it be yeah. puppy whether it be a bigger puppy <laughs> a, 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 a normal sized dog adult dog that you're training an exercise to so we need to know you need a broad understanding as you said we've all gone down this path you know we've all started similar you and me and lots of other people that have been around for as long as we have mm-hmm. they've tried everything they've gone oh, i'll do the behavior stuff i'll do this they've, they've done yeah. it they've, they've dipped their toe in the water for every single part of it um i've taught nearly everything you could possibly think of and then picked the bits out and gone actually I'm not as good at that as I am at that actually I'm more skilled at that and I've progressed it to what I am now enjoy teaching as well yeah I enjoy you know I ditched agility because I didn't like it yeah I didn't enjoy teaching in the end so 
so you know and then and you'll have people going what but agility is super fun it is it's for some people and i get that some people absolutely love it some people live and breathe it and and mm-hmm. and that's entirely up to them I just, but obviously we like hoopers more because and, and no I, I started teaching hoopers and I, I enjoyed hoopers and now i don't teach that class myself somebody else teaches it for me but, yeah so that's but that's cool like but then i think back to you know i started off doing the pet stuff with some puppy stuff then I started doing a bit more trick stuff then I got into more of the conditioning things then discovered hoopers and obviously that's now snowboard yeah. and that's my kind of main thing I teach but I've recently just signed up to a um, conditioning course that I'm working through the winter with Dodge. That for your hair? Um, you are. Is that for your purple and pink hair? No, a canine conditioning course. Um, wow, yeah. are you throwing shade on my hair? Like, right. I know I need an Olaplex, but yeah. wow. I know nobody can see this, but it's quite a, quite a spectacular <laughs> hair. My hair yeah, for, that, for the listeners that um, don't follow me on Facebook, my hair is basically magenta and purple at the moment. My mate used to have a beetle that colour, and I, I, it, was, it was awesome. <laughs> Just going off, going off subject. A little branch and back on it. Anywho, conditioning. Yes. But like I've, yeah, so I've just signed up to this canine conditioning course online that I'm going to work dodge through over the winter because weather's a bit rubbish. Want to do some stuff indoors. Also keep him in good shape with his hips and everything else. And one of the exercises for the foundations, I was like, do you know what? I haven't actually taught him to do that. And it's what they call a um, kickback stand. So for people that don't know what that is, the dog's basically in a sit, their front feet stay still, and the back end moves to get them into a stand. Yeah. So it's a backwards movement. Yeah. Now, obviously, for him, with his hips not being perfect, that's quite a hard exercise. But actually, it's like I've kind of never spent the time to teach him. So this week, we've been doing, and I mean like, tiny sessions like 10 treats 10 reps and then we stop yeah. because I don't want to overwork him but it's kind of fired up my my little passion for tricks and that side of it again which is kind of cool I'm like I remember why I like teaching tricks actually it's quite fun doing that stuff yeah they're good tricks are good tricks are important as well yeah well, well it's all a trick, trick at the end of the day yeah exactly it's all important <laughs> but you kind of got you know when you when people are taught a trick they're they're more likely to go away and train that to be honest because it, because it has that fun connotation and they go oh brilliant if I can do this I'll show up my mates. at the end of the day yeah. when your dog can do something cool like yeah you know there's not many people who you know you, you get people around your house you go around to somebody else go come out the garden watch me walk up and down with my dog on a loose lead it's amazing go, oh nice one that's cool they go watch my dog roll over watch my dog switch the telly on and off and you yeah. know that's the fuck that's the stuff you can laugh at and put on um tiktok yeah exactly oh look at you down with the kids putting it on we're not going to go down tiktok route because it's very controversial do not even start (laughs) we're going to get controversial as it is let's not even start Uh, a 12 year old daughter we won't talk about tiktok (laughs) no there there are some very good dog trainers on tiktok though yeah i've never never i've never been on it in my life no, probably there's won't. some very good trainers on there and there's also some not very good trainers on there and that is where we are going to leave that discussion um <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk because you said you teach a bit of everything but what did you kind of discover was your specialty what does mr hobbs like teaching best puppies, puppies, well, puppies, puppies little puppies. cute yeah yeah yeah. yeah yeah 
puppies, not just because it's just get to hang around with cute pups, it's all good. Um, to be fair, like I love it when you've just had new intake because you just put like your Facebook's just all these really cute puppy pictures and it yeah, gets my broodiness out of the way without actually needing the puppy in my house. Yeah, Wednesday, Wednesday, we've got uh, 12, and then we've got, I don't know, we, when, we have like 30 or 40 puppies at a time running through our classes. It's which pretty... which is mental. That is, that's a large amount of puppies at yeah, once. Yeah, it's so busy. Not obviously not in one class because that'd be crazy. Um, but yeah, but, but over multiple classes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, puppies just <laughs> it's I've I've dabbled in all sorts. Uh, still, obviously, I can I'd like to say I can still do most things because um, I still like to mm. keep up to date with my knowledge and bits and pieces. But the two things. Loosely walking, absolutely love it. People hate it. I love teaching it. It's one of my favourite things in the entire world to teach any dog and any owner because of its vast importance, but we can come to that later if you like. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's a very long-winded story, probably with that. And um, puppies, puppy classes, puppy one-to-ones. I love it. I've done a puppy uh, session this morning around somebody's house and we did a tiny little bit of simple bit of mat shaping, bit of shaping, luring in between. Mm-hmm. I like to use both techniques at once. It makes it yeah. easier for the pup. And the owner said that was just so brilliant to watch. It was so interesting to see how the dog learns and that kind of thing. And I said to him, so just as we started, so we were talking, so mat training, and I suppose most people know what mat training is. The dog targets, goes and lays on a mat, simple as. But if we're shaping it, we're not giving too much information apart from reinforcing those incremental stages. So anyway, so I said to them, this is how we're going to do it. Started with a little bit of luring just to show them. The dog had never laid, they'd never taught the puppy to lay down. It was only nine, 10 weeks. Obviously they've not taught it a lot. It's proper so, squishy baby. Yeah, yeah. So tiny, little, tiny, little fat-headed Labrador. It's brilliant. Oh. Um, so you can really squish its head. It's great. <laughs> Which is really important with a dog. It needs a fat head so you can squish. Um, no offense, but we like squishing your skinny head as well. Oh, so, but we still love a fat head best. Yeah, too right. So this little puppy, and I said to the owner, so we went through the process, and I said, right, what I want you to really be aware of is when your puppy finally does it, your puppy will work it out after enough um, little bits of gentle guidance. Mm-hmm. When your puppy works out for itself and it lays down on the mat, I want you to remember that little blood rush that goes through your body and you do that proud pair moment. And they were like, yeah, yeah. And then the puppy did it. And I went, oh, my God, it was my puppy. I said, that's what I want you to remember. Because that's so important, that proud puppy moment, that proud parent moment, because that's what's going to drive you forward and learn what you want to continue learning. If you're going to teach recall and you get a really good recall, give you a bit of a rush of blood. You go, yeah, amazing. Mm-hmm. Your dog will pick up on that as well. Um, so that kind of thing. I, I love teaching puppies. I love teaching puppy owners, uh, whether they've had puppies for 40, 50, 60 years, whatever, or they're brand new, they've got their first ever puppy. Mm-hmm. They're all, we've all got something new to teach people. Yeah. I would hope one of my skills is people being able to explain the process. But also, every puppy is different. Oh, every a million, puppy so, is like different. kids, totally different. Every, totally, totally different. I can't tell you how many thousands of puppies I must have trained over the years, but it's in the thousands and every single one's been completely different. Every single owner has been completely different. You need to know your people. 
you yes. need to know your people you're working with. You know, these owners from this morning, if they've listened to this, well done, by the way. Um, they're set up and everything's just, it's absolutely perfect. And it's just such a pleasure to go in and sit down and go, show what, this puppy's in such good hands. I'm going to come back in here after it's gone for its knobheady adolescent stuff, which I'll tell them next time. Oh, we'll we'll talk jelly. about adolescence in a minute because yeah, that's Yeah, we'll break them in jelly. But at the moment, the puppy looks amazing. So, yeah. so it's great. Um, so once it's gone through that horrible stage, which you will, um, It'd be amazing. It'd just be such a good dog and a family dog. They've got two young girls nice. and this dog's going to be brilliant. I used to love it when I used to get the phone calls of we're getting a puppy. Can we book you in either before the puppy yeah. can Best. or like puppies arriving Sunday. Yeah. Can you come Wednesday or Thursday to see yeah, us? Yeah. I'd be like, yes, yeah, definitely. now. Amazing. Yeah. And you turn up at her house and you go, well, the puppy's asleep, because I know it would be anyway. So your first puppy session, the pup's always asleep. I don't, I mean, every single first puppy session I see when a puppy's between eight and 10 weeks, I don't see it anyway. Sleep is over there yeah. for the entire or, hour. Or it comes out like and plays with you for 10 minutes and then yeah. falls asleep. Goes, I'm done. <laughs> okay, yeah. that's it. Yeah. So, we, so we just advise at that point. We give lots of advice, lots of stuff to go with, um, you know, ease their concerns and worries, which is ultimately our job. Um, I would say if puppies didn't have teeth, would be out of job anyway. Well, yeah, and the other one I love, and again, oh, seriously, I'm charging Steve for this episode, but <laughs> yeah. I love you when can't you can't mention the IMDT anymore. No, but, I was going to say when they've got a copy of Steve's book, Puppy Squeezy. If they've yeah, got if they've got a copy of Doggy Squeezy, I do point out that my dog is in there because yeah, he's oh. fabulous. Um, but yeah, if they've got the copy of Puppy Squeezy, also um, Puppy Prepared is another really nice puppy book I like. Um, that's a cool one. And there are a few, but those are the two that I used to recommend to people. And you always kind of knew that. You, and I remember I was teaching once and I can't remember what the puppy was now. I can't remember the bit. It was one of the last puppy ones, once I did. And I came in, there were two kids and the kids really wanted to be involved. And we started talking about name reflex. And the little boy went, I read that in the book. And I was yeah. like, yes. Yeah, yeah. And he went, you're saying what the man in the book said. And I was like, I know, funny that. It's like he trained me. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I do, yeah, I, I, I do quite often like to see that it's sat on their table, half chewed, easy peasy book. Yeah, generally. Yeah, if, it's, if it's if it's if it's been chewed a bit, you know Chewing that. Then... I like it when it looks like it's been it's been read. Which, but yeah, it obviously it's a brilliant book. Not just because it's Steve, it's genuinely a brilliant book. A um, book yeah. And it, and we do we get I, I do particularly now I get lots of people saying I've read this book. Go oh, easy peasy. Yeah, I got so in it. It's not bad. <laughs> yeah, the bloke that wrote it's all right. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, um, but yeah, so it's going to say the puppy stuff is just, it's what I decided, not what I decided. I found I had a, a, a not a talent for it, but it's just a, a passion it is, for it. Oh, dude, it is a talent. Don't cut yeah. yourself short. Like, yeah, 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 yeah passion. Do. But I, I do think, wouldn't have that many puppies coming through. Yeah, yeah, we, we've been very lucky, very, very fortunate um, that, that we do, you know, why we call ourselves that's why we branded the puppy specialist because that's what we do and so we get lots and lots of puppies come to the puppy specialist yeah. um but again that was we could talk about business a little while if you want, however you want to do it but um but it makes a big difference where you know you you're you if you call carry on the dog trainer 
it wouldn't necessarily mean you're going to get everybody from Hooper's wanting to come, but because you've got Kane on Hooper's world, you yes, do. What? It you advertises what you do. The yeah. Hooper's people come to you. So it makes makes massive sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just, I, I love the owners. I love the freshness of owners. I love that that proud puppy owner moment where it makes your blood rush through your body and you go, oh my God, that was freaking amazing. So and watching as... people do that, it's 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 brilliant. And and also, see, I love watching puppies. So I took a little video of this pup today, just doing one of his final little shaping moments. And you, if you could see inside his head, the cogs gently ticking around yeah. and just the little subtleties of his movements where he's going, I think it might be this. I think it might be this. I th it might be. This. Oh, it's this. It's fascinating. You know, I love shaping, you know, yeah. shaping is my preferred method anyway. That's just yeah. me personally. Yeah. But I always, I've always had the rule that we lure for five and then we get with the lure and then lure we first, I, you know, I think, Sometimes with shaping as well, just I'll go off a bit of a tangent here, but sometimes with shaping, it, it can be so poorly done because the dog gets so ridiculously frustrated. Yes. Some puppies hate it, so it has to be broken down. Yeah. Nicely, people need to understand the process. So if it's a novice owner, I will do, well, even the puppy, I will help him a little bit. We'll look, yeah. you know, a few years ago, just I'd talk about luring to sort of, you know, other dog professionals and like, what why are you learning it's, like, oh, it's freaking easy isn't it simple yeah. my my philosophy of dog training simplicity if it's not simple people aren't going to do it and it has to be easy the dog the dog what life's too freaking short come on i think the, <laughs> the thing with luring and i have one of my lot little miss tiny dog the sassiest brat in the world the way I was taught with her, and this was before I was a trainer. So the way I was taught with her, um, we used luring a lot, mm. but I was never taught how to fade a lure. Yeah, yeah. And I think this is where luring gets that kind of, oh, why are you luring stuff? Because then you get a dog that will only do it when you've got food in your hands and then it's bribery. Right. First yeah. of all, people, it's not bribery. That's not a thing. If hey, dog's I'm working, only coming here because you're paying me. I forgot to tell you that. <laughs> that's nice dear um <laughs> rush over that but, but like, you're doing a task for, for reinforcement but it doesn't matter if it's waved around in your face unless you're going to a competition where somebody goes we're well, not allowed it yeah you know it's if 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 sometimes knockers my dog's called knockers for people who don't know um so sometimes with knockers if she's sat there looking at me going you know, I, don't, I don't understand. I'll get a piece of food out of my pocket. She goes, oh, yeah, it's easy now, isn't it? It doesn't bother me. I'm going to feed yeah. it anyway. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, you're right. People, there needs to be um, there needs to be understanding of how to phase out your lure. But also, yeah, and also don't be afraid to use it. Don't be afraid to say, my dog will only do it for a piece of food. So I'll have a piece of food on you then. Make sure you've always got food on you when you want to do stuff with your dog. I do. Is, I mean, like, when we're doing, like, conditioning stuff with Dodge, like, that's hard for him, you yeah. know, mentally and physically. So I am luring a lot, and my rate yeah. of reinforcement is massive yeah. because I need to keep reinforcing him for doing the good stuff. Yeah. Now, I'm not being funny, right? If you were at the gym and every time you did 10 metres on the treadmill and someone was reinforcing you... yeah. I bet you'd stay on the treadmill a ton longer than you would normally. Well, I might actually go to the gym at that point because, you know. Do you know what I mean? Because you were being reinforced yeah. for doing what you're doing. You know, if I got to, oh, if you go to a yoga class and every time you like 
do an amazing pose, someone's going to give you a fancy chocolate. I'd probably go to a yoga class. Yeah. So for me as well, luring can really help when you need precise movement, especially when we're talking about conditioning and stuff, because I need his foot placement to be exact Mm. because partly safety, but also to make sure he's using the muscle group I'm trying to work. If I'm letting him shape and work it out himself and he has no idea what I'm asking him, he's going to get frustrated and it could potentially cause an injury as well. So I totally agree to start with luring. Yes. And when we're talking puppy. Just just before I forget, if you were to do that for the next 10 years Mm. and he only has to do a few of them because it's to build up his whatever his conditioning and you had to have a piece of food in your hand every single time, would that matter? No. No. Exactly. And again, that's where, yeah, it looks nice. You know, we can, we want to be able to teach our dogs to do certain behaviors, sit, lay down, all this type of stuff, Um, kickback stands, whatever. But realistic, if you're doing it for a process where you're going through that, you know, you're building this conditioning and it's, Mm -hmm. that's what it's going to be used for. It's not going to be used for filming TV Mm -hmm. where you can't be stood in the middle of, in the shot or anything like that. And you go, right, I'm just going to get a piece of cheese out of my pocket. Watch this. Cool. Good. Yeah. It doesn't mean he's, you know, yeah maybe doesn't understand as much as clearly the cue but he's also going actually yeah it's a bit, bit payment there isn't it and it would make no difference to to his training yeah and with puppies like going back to kind of learn with puppies we have to remember their brains are developing as well yeah, so quickly they don't have all the little pathways in their brains yet so if we have to kind of go look follow this lure and this is what's going to get you the good stuff Yep. It's only going to help the puppy understand what the hell he's being asked for. Yeah, and it, we did the session. I did this morning was almost in complete silence. Didn't say a single thing to the word, to the dog really. Only well done and mm-hmm. a little release cue, and that was it. But I'm yeah. still luring. Still, there's some food. So just throwing food on the mat initially. The dog has quite a lot of this. Then we conditioned them. Then I lured a few downs. Yeah, fed the life out of the dog between its front paws. So the dog, that's this. This is quite a cool position to do. And then the dog started to actually the mat's quite a cool position to be in because effectively I've lured it by throwing food on there. Yeah. And then the dog was able to ah, simply pair the two I'm, together. I'm gonna dive in here. Is it a lure or is it reward placement? A bit both, really. I could I could just the mat was right next to me. So the fact that the 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 lure has gone six inches away from my hand, still luring the dog there with a with a yeah, piece yeah, of food. Yeah. The reward placement is once the dog's done the behaviour. So the reward placement at that point is I'd fed the dog between its paws on the mat. And if the dog yeah. was hanging off the mat, I'd just feed the, the corner of the mat so it kind of spun itself around. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, I, I don't call it bribery, call it it's not, but the thing is i remember um lovely client i had recently um young colleague came hoopers she was like how long am i gonna have to use this food for i went well she's still learning so you need to pay her and she went okay and we did something and i went right reward her and she went to pat her on the head i went give her the food she went oh and i went let me look at what you've got she went well i've got this and this and this i went tell me what it is she said well there's some cheese and some sausage and a bit of pate i said so there's no gold or diamonds and she went what i went well you're not giving her golden diamonds to so stop being tight like people yeah. get this real thing in their head that it's bright and i don't know where it's come from Why? Uh, history of dog training <laughs> <laughs> we're still in a modern we're still in a changing era aren't we of dog tra- you know the thing is yeah 
one of the biggest things on the four day and if people if, <laughs> I apologize the IMDT. People, <laughs> yeah I'm not going to say what four day it is but it begins with I anyway the four day so when I instruct on the four day I apologize to the people that um I say this to but they stand up and it, they don't mean it Mm. But they'll do their blah blah blah, and they'll like, right, and then and we can give the command, and I'm like, Q. Mm-hmm. They go, command, I go, Q. And then I explain what Q means. Q is asking command, but well, that doesn't mean they're telling the dog what to It's just because it's so born in dog history that yep. it's I have it on a t shirt. It's a Q, not a command. I yeah, have yeah. the t shirt. Yeah, good, good. Good. I'll, I'll sign it for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> But it should, but it should be, you know, language is so important. We're, we're yeah, asking yeah. our dogs to do stuff. You're asking the dog to do stuff with a bit of lump of cheese on its nose. And if you don't, if you don't follow it, one, you don't understand it, or two, you don't like cheese. Yeah. Really. Yeah. I know, and it's, it's, yeah. So it's kind of. <laughs> just, it is. Know. It is true, though, isn't it? And like the other one is like, oh, your dog should be walked on the left. Why you got a gun on your right? Now where I live. There is a slight possibility that someone may be carrying, <laughs> but in general, unless you're out on a shoot field, yeah. your dog doesn't have to be on the left. No, and it, 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 history, you know, there's a reason for all these things, and it's fine. But you know, we are trying to change the world with mm. our dog training and our methods and our language. And I am a stickler for the language when, when we're using dog training because I think it's it, it, it's what it's your thought process when you command when yes. you told somebody to command and when people say right put put your dog in a sit what does that mean Do yeah you, you know yank its neck and stick you put your hand on its bum to make it sit um, we're asking the dog to you know some of these stuff some of the things we're asking our dogs to unless they're going into an industry where they are used for a specific job that might be saving people's lives half the stuff we're just doing to just you know yes we want a dog to be safe and free roaming and happy and mm-hmm. decent recall but a lot of the stuff we teach our dog is bonding our benefit but really it doesn't matter if you've got a lump of bloody cheese in your hand it just doesn't matter <laughs> You know, I could, I'll just, I, I'm really triggered you a bit on this and I'm quite enjoying it. But, ever but anyway, I was, I am, um, I was sat on the sofa early, eating my lunch before I came on here, and the dogs are sat in front of me and knock snacks, snaps her teeth. She does that snappy thing of her teeth. <laughs> we call and, it and immediately their bums hit the floor. Like with, you couldn't, you couldn't put their bum on the ground any, any quicker mm. if you tried. But if I stood up, I'd go to sit and go, you know what? Why? Uh, Why? Okay, there's a piece of cheese. All right. Yeah. You know, I know, I know. We dogs need to. We need to be. Our dogs need to understand what we're asking them to do. Um, and sometimes there are like emergency situations where you just need to say a cue and yeah. pray it freaking works. Like prime example, this morning I've come downstairs. Dogs are already out. It's all very exciting. Munch has spun round, whacked the Christmas tree of her tail. Now. Yeah bad dog owner I'd put some of the baubles that were breakable lower than what I should have yeah. her tail hit one of the baubles and it just yeah. shattered and yeah. I was like and I literally just shouted down yeah. because I didn't know what else to do at that time there were four dogs loose. if you shouted down I would get down on the floor as well to be fair <laughs> And I think it everybody like, else in the yeah. surrounding village would probably drop to the floor as well. <laughs> <laughs> but 
to be fair, what actually happened was the shepherd went on his bed into a down like a good boy. Yeah. And the girls started moving towards me going, why do we have to do a down? And I was like, oh, for goodness. You got any cheese? Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I get, you yeah, know, dogs do, we do, we do, our dogs need, we need to be training our dogs so they understand what we're asking them to do. But yeah. sometimes there's just, and I get it, my dogs will do all sorts of weird, wonderful stuff without me having food in my hand. Definitely, yeah. you know. But if I have got food on me, you know, generally we've got food. We're a walking frigging buffet half the time. Dude, you're allowed to swear. Remember, it's my I know, I'm trying to save them. <laughs> I'm, Why? I'm, yeah, I'm just. I'm gonna just keep. I'm gonna come out of them in a massive. What, like all of a sudden you get that end of episode. Where, yeah, exactly. Just <laughs> go for it. Um, generally we're a massive walking bloody lure. Anyway, we've got yeah. fucking great. I had to come out. We've got a great big treat pouch on us that says there's food in there, isn't there? Yeah, there is. Yeah. So we're kind of almost we we're tempting our dog already by saying yeah. we've got reinforcement on us. Um, whether you're waggling around on their nose to manipulate them, after time they won't need that anyway. You might, you might just need to shove your hand towards your treat pouch. I goes, yeah, cool, nice one. There's definitely yeah. reinforcement coming for this. I'll do it then. But the thing, even when, and the more training you do, the more dogs pick up on the cues. So, like, I have certain jackets that are my training jacket. Yeah. If I put a jacket on, the dogs are like, oh, whatever. If I put a training jacket on, they're like, oh, we're doing yeah, stuff. Exactly. We're doing because things. reinforcement's coming. Because they like to do that. But, you know, I'm not saying I need to just clarify. We do need dogs do need to understand that certain certain situations that, you know, do things because you because the dog learned the behavior. So it doesn't have to be. So if I ask my dogs to sit, they'll sit. Mm-hmm. I'll ask my dogs to sit 100 times. They might get a treat, let's say, 90 times. Mm-hmm. But after those times, I give the dog a treat because I fucking want to. I like yeah, it. I like yeah, yeah. I walk in. I walk in. We coming from a walk every time. Every time we're coming for a walk, my dogs stare at the top of the fridge. Mm-hmm. Give you a biscuit. What do you want a biscuit for? Well, I've been for a walk, haven't we? So, all right, I'll give you a biscuit because I like giving you a biscuit. So actually, it's quite nice for both of us. So again, this comes back to using too much. I know people get worried about using too much food in training for weight issues. But the thing is, like yeah. But unless you unless you've got a proper chunky dog that you're <laughs> trying to watch their weight, like. Use Most dogs food. can have a few treats and uh. will be fine. And if your dog is on that stricter diet, then actually them doing a bit of exercise and training and getting their food that way rather than just stuffing their face out of a bowl yeah. is probably better anyway. Yeah, definitely. Well, it's going to make them feel fuller as well because if you eat slower, you feel fuller for a start. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah but I know, I, I don't know. I, I've no idea we've got into the luring thing, but yeah, I, no, I'm, cool. I've got no problem with luring at all. Dude, but... this, you've listened to the episode. We, <laughs> we're on a tree and then we go off a branch, then no. we come back again, then we go off yeah. another branch, go back again. It's fine. Is that what I talk to people all the time? So but it cool. leads us quite nicely. It's a nice little segue um, to a question I did have, which when we're talking puppies, what would be, and I'm talking baby puppies now, like under 16 weeks, so yeah. bubba bubba ones. Actual puppies. Actual puppies. So yeah. up to 16 weeks, they are the baby babies. Yeah. And they are little sponges that are learning everything. Yeah. After 16 weeks, there is still learning going on. Yeah, but they're not really puppies anymore. They're, they're growing up very, very, very quickly. <laughs> And a lot of what happens in that first 14, 16 weeks can impact the puppy 
for yeah. the rest of its existence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one of the things I was talking about with um, Hayley on the episode the other week was um, we were talking about breeders that are not doing it the way we would like them to do it. Um, did you know a lot of Chihuahua breeders keep the puppies till they're 16 weeks old without socialising? No, but... And the intake of your breath, you've just gone, the fuck do they do that for? No. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, well, no, go on. <laughs> so we were saying, the pro and one of the... Because Hayley specialises in Chihuahuas now. Um, she's decided Chihuahuas are going to be her niche, and I understand that, because they're cool little creatures, but... Mm you're finding a lot of very nervous chihuahuas, but they're being bred from nervous parents and then yeah. not being socialised either. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> what are your so, thoughts on this? Uh, I just... I, yeah. Socialisation, I think, is a very, is a very complex subject. Mm -hmm. um, whether they're... If they're being bred from nervous parents... Generally, it's probably going to be generally not always. It's probably going to be a nervous dog, no matter what you do with that socialization. But you can obviously firefight a little bit with some yeah, nature and nurture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go yeah, hand in hand. You can't say what I tell you. One of the sayings. Well, it's how you raise them. Bullshit. It's got it, it's this. It's got a part to play, but so <laughs> I don't know these people who are keeping the puppies. I don't know what they do. Maybe they're doing the socialization themselves up to 16 weeks. Maybe they're really protective and they want to make sure that it's done the right way. This is saying they do want to do it that way. I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, they, maybe they want to do it the right way. And then the dog comes because they're aware they're, and they don't want people throwing this, this animal that's going to be the smallest thing in its entire world for the rest of its life into the bear pit. And maybe they're wanting to do it nice and gently. Maybe. But... <laughs> maybe but if that is if that's the case then great maybe they're socializing that dog in a really nice gentle way um and then they're handing it on socialized but from what you're saying no no generally it's they're kept in the breeder's home facility yes. and then they don't see the world until they're 16 weeks no but if it was the other way around then it would oh be my god and i know i do know there are some breeders that keep the puppies till they're 10 12 weeks old mm. Because they want to do that first bit of early socialization yeah, yeah. Yeah. themselves. And that's amazing. You know, breeders that follow the puppy culture program, like I would love a puppy culture puppy. Yeah. I'd, that I'd, program is like, talk about trying to set your dog up on the best foundations it can. And have. that's it. And it's that trying to set them up. It's always, you know, we can do as best we possibly can. We can be best, the best human mm. parents, the best puppy parents. But there will always be a part that we can't play. Yeah, and and that that and that's the thing with socialization. That kind of brings me on to kind of the the, the lockdown thing that I, we was gonna. Well, <laughs> let's do it. Do it. Let's talk. Let's talk lockdown puppies. Yeah, just we have to mention it while we're on here, really. Um, so lockdown puppies. I, I'm quite vocal over lockdown about what's happening, what's not happening, and people and the fear people were being. Mm -hmm. You got a lockdown puppy. You got a lockdown puppy. Oh my god, this puppy's not going to be able to do. This. It's got to be able to. Do I trained hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of puppies over lockdown on zoom mm -hmm. and these puppies were born during 
the worst part of lockdown, pre-lockdown. Mm-hmm. They were the puppies that couldn't go out as much. They were the puppies that can do this. Da, 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 da. And I, I can tell you now, none of those puppies have an issue from that difficult socialization period. None. Mm-hmm. None. I, I know nearly all of them now, and I know if they'd had an issue, they'd come back to me. Um, their socialization period was really quite chilled. It was quite nice. They wasn't overexposed to stuff. Um, when they went out for a walk, they might see three or four people and they go, oh, there's people Also, there. the people they did see would have maintained a distance. Yeah, exactly. So the puppy's not thrown into, the, you know, people come, oh, it's a puppy, let's take it into town and hand it around lots of people. So the puppy goes, fucking hell, it's a bit much, isn't it? The two, two, I'm just I'm writing down my swearing, two. Why am I charging you for them? Yeah. <laughs> Money in my jar. Um, but, but I remember being told that with, um, it was actually shepherds, um, Shepherds need to meet 100 people before they're however old they are. Maybe like 100 metres, maybe. <laughs> yeah. What, you mean away from the shark? 101. If <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I've, this is just from my own personal, personal experience. And I'd like to say I'm quite experienced because I was, I've been, I was there. With but all I puppies. think the thing that I find with the whole oh, well, it was a pandemic puppy or it was yeah. a lockdown puppy. It right. was almost an excuse for not training. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, well partly because they couldn't, but, well, they could, but it was difficult. A lot of people didn't, a lot of people didn't understand, you know, when lockdown happened, somebody was talking to me pre-lockdown and they were, because obviously people knew what was happening. Mm-hmm. They started to talk to me about Zoom. And I was like, what's that? Well, I remember Zoom as a lolly. But I, did, but I didn't what I don't. Oh my I, god! Yeah, those like yeah, spaceship lollies—they were wicked. Yeah. Um, but I had no idea what it was. I didn't have a clue. And all this stuff hit, and we all had to become a lockdown Zoom expert overnight yeah. and change our complete way of training. And don't and, you know that was a massive mind shift for a professional. So for a for a puppy owner to go on Zoom is ridiculous. How does that work? But and I did have to talk a few people into it um, mm. that, you know, it will work. It will it'll benefit you and your puppy. And luckily yeah. I've, I trained pup. We trained puppies all around the world during lockdown. We're just well, that was the other thing though. One of the advantages is that you can access zoom from any country right. anywhere. Right. So yep. actually you can, you know, I'm about to do an online course of a trainer in America. Yep. A, the lemonade conference yeah. got put on zoom so a conference that was in boston i think that we would have had no access to i sat there and watched it with a load of other uk trainers yeah. virtually it's good yeah and it, it was it was good and i i, I personally it was good to, good for puppies you know even the separation thing you know people saying your puppy will have separation anxiety because it was a lockdown puppy and you're going to be in all day well no not necessarily um because you can learn to leave your dog gently and without going, well, I'm leaving now, say, like, I'm going to work four hours and you don't know that your dog's been screaming for two of those and you come back and your dog seems nice and contented because it's absolutely shattered. Uh, yeah. He's been screaming because you haven't got a camera. I wouldn't have yeah. a camera because I'd be too paranoid. Um, but, it, it, you know, it can be a case that you just walk out your front door, come back in, the dog goes, oh, that it. Stuff like that, you know. Yes, there are a couple of dogs, a couple of puppies that I am working with now that do have a little bit of a separation issue. But from the dog's personality, knowing those dogs, I think they would have had it regardless anyway. Yeah. Just by knowing that dog, and I think just 
I think sometimes I think that's part of my skill set is you can read a dog's personality almost by looking at it and spending just a little bit yeah, yeah, of the yeah. actual personality of the dog. Because Good like from, know. you know, and I know we've spoken about this previously, but with Dodge, like I picked him up, it, it was the end of November. Um, then lockdown happened, it was March, wasn't it? Yeah. So he was at that lovely six months asshole yeah like we were we were kind of in adolescence at that point and it went from him seeing a lot of other dogs and by a lot I mean we would have a group class once a week which he'd go to so he was working around other dogs at space we had a few friends that we'd meet up with and we'd walk our dogs together so we had his little friends he played with and I remember the lockdown finished and um, my friend Nikki, she's got a shepherd as well, Bo, um, him and Dodger, three weeks apart in age, different breeders. Uh, Bo came from a wicked breeder and I would have one of his line any day because he's amazing. Um, but they went from being like, they, they were mates, you know, yeah. didn't see each other for eight, nine weeks. We went, we met up, they lifted it. We were allowed to see each other and those boys nearly ripped two bells out of each other and we were like oh okay you're not friends now shit now that could have happened anyway but the not seeing each other for that period of time for the stage of development he was didn't particularly help the other thing that I found was the parks that were generally empty all of a sudden had loads and loads of people yeah Lots of strange, um, lots of strangers with lots of new dogs let them charge around, which is cool. But and that's um, the cue that with letting them charge around, that clearly these were people that maybe the dogs didn't generally go out so much. Maybe you know because it became a thing. Oh well, you can walk the dog, so all of a sudden the dogs can walk six times a day by uh, everyone in the house rather yeah. than just once a day by one person. Yeah, but it, again, I. We always kind of go, would it have, would it have, would it have, would it have been, don't know, yeah. would it have been, don't know, it's just too late now to find out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you made but, your life choices, you picked a shepherd. Deal well, with the chances are they they probably would have had a spat at some point because those yeah. hormones would have rushed at the wrong point. They would have been in the wrong situation. So it probably would have happened anyway, in my in my view, not saying this out of any... Uh, no, but to be honest, yeah. Ground, but I, I believe it probably would have happened anyway. Yes, it probably didn't help that they didn't see each other and they suddenly saw each other and went, well, we're totally changed. Well, you're a knobhead, you're a knobhead. Let's, let's, let's have a little tear up. They'd have, probably, they'd have probably gradually built up to that. And, 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 and again, that, if they lived in the same household, it mm. potentially would have happened as well yeah. because of just that, that competitive hormonal yeah stuff that's gonna well i always joke that at six anyway. months his brain left his head and went into his nuts so what you know <laughs> there are thousands and thousands and thousands of puppies i've seen and our week one we'll chat through our puppy cast blah, blah, and it, generally they're sort of you know let's say 12 to 13 weeks as you know at some point you're going to come in puppy class your puppy will be around about 16 weeks old you'll walk in you'll ask your dog to sit and it'll go what, what? Mm-hmm. what's that and you'll have a really difficult week with your puppy. And then that person comes in every single six weeks, you get two or three people and they go, I say, I right, get on and go, it's overnight, it's changed completely. I said, it's overnight, isn't it? And they're like, yeah, I told you. Because it does, you just see it, it just, it's a switch. It's that 
Kevin and Perry. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I have a 12 year old daughter, so let's, oh. let's not discuss that. Any Good luck. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but again, that was overnight, pretty much. Yeah. You can't tell when your hormones suddenly change. We don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. And with a puppy, um, it happens so quickly. And but they hope the initial part happens so quickly, but then it goes on for a very long time. And when I tell my puppy owners, see when they're three and they're all grown up and they're happy and they're lovely, they like their faces drop. They almost they almost like walk out and leave the puppy in the hall with me and go, well, I'll come back. Yeah, I'll come back, I'll, I'll come back when it's three. But that's the other thing, isn't it? I mean, we we are kind of generalizing, but some braids like the the period of adolescence is shorter generally the smaller breeds develop a bit quicker so <laughs> i feel adolescence is a bit shorter with the little ones um the chihuahuas turned into extra sass and then they sort of had their first season and then kind of everything calmed down yeah munchkin leading up to adolescence she went from being this amazing shit hot puppy that did everything to hello anything yeah. anything at all like and you've seen i mean god you've known munch for forever yeah, yeah. so luckily by the time i hit my imdt journey she was back into being like the really cool dog that could actually do training but we had probably six months with her definitely three months of just put it back on a long line and manage the life yeah. because yeah. i spent nine months with Knox in my field training recall Mm -hmm. I got it. we got it at six months. I'm, I'm not product placing with I'm, I know people can't see this, but uh, Lee has got I'm really hot an IMDT t shirt on and it is a red one, yeah. But it, it, it wasn't for this, whatever. <laughs> um, we'll charge and, and I, I, I actually got no, it looks even worse now. I've got my IMDT mother. I'm joining the APDT and everything else. I think we need to. I'm I'm gonna speak to Goodall about getting me a pack mug so I yeah, could like have yeah. another one. Um yeah, but I you know we got her at six months and she was an absolute with, with dick. knockers that you had the same thing. Now from training these bajillion puppies, do you think boys and girls like boys are worse than girls? Do you think it's different or is it all down to the individual? Because I'm not going to lie, Dodge just put me off of having male dogs ever again. Uh, <laughs> individual. So, Knox, I've had male dogs nearly all, um, but I've had both and mm -hmm. maybe probably partly to do with the breed, to be honest, that actually they're just really <laughs> chilled out and chilled out lazy dogs. Mm -hmm. um, and luck maybe i've been lucky every single time i've had a dog or because i'll be completely honest they weren't planned puppies they weren't you know they weren't always thought through as we advise and it was a couple of them were very spur of the moment but well, no, i knew what i was doing second hand you know yeah, i had the facility hand, so. to do it i had i had the experience i had everything to do but mainly, I, yeah, I've had boys and girls. To me, girls in a household together, only through experience, not any scientific background to this or anything like that. Girls in a household tend to 
squabble a bit more. Uh, my girls they do will squabble, have, it's quite we call them discussions in our hardcore. house. They have discussions. Yeah, and it can be quite hardcore with, with the two girls. Only the say only through pure experience mm-hmm. of what I've dealt with in the past. No, I I'll and back then, you up. And if on there's that, been yeah. two boys in the household and they fall out, again, it all depends on situations. It's very generalized. But it'd be more like of a pub scrap, and they'd be like, "Oh, mate, well, let's have a beer afterwards," type thing. Yeah. Whereas the girls, girls tend kind to of hold that grudge, mm. you know. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, I, I, I'm not going to come from that from any scientific background of why it happens. I it's have it with um, because I've, I've got mum and daughter at home, and yeah. there are times where the chihuahuas will decide they're going to have a discussion, yeah. and like it's not fun. No. no. <laughs> It's not fun, and it doesn't matter that they're only tiny. In fact, that's even harder because there's not a lot you can get hold of to to move remove them because they're tiny. Um, It's just interesting because I I sort of feel with my girls personally, we sort of hit adolescence. They had a season, and then sort of leveled out a bit. Whereas with the creature, like we've hit adolescence, and we've hit adolescence. Oh yeah, I think. Sometimes we've had lessons with boys as well. We again, we have this old. It's such a controversial issue. Do we get their balls off? Do we get their balls off? And we can make such a massive, massive fuck up mm. if we take them off at the wrong time. If yeah. we go to, I'm, I don't say whether to or whether not. That's not my job. I'm not a vet. But also, it's down also, to I've seen it done at completely the wrong time where a dog has been, and it's definitely been down to that. The dog has been broken, absolutely destroyed by, by having its nuts off at completely the wrong time. Mm-hmm. And then I've seen dogs that have gone on for quite some years with them and then they've been taken off, and it's definitely changed the dog, not through my um, advice, but vets mm-hmm. or whatever, or just a family. I can't control what they do, but yeah. it has changed the dog. But I think, you know. <laughs> Education. If we can do what we can from puppyhood, from the from the very first stages, and put in our little bits of basic training and that little bit of bonding and that little bit of gentle exposure to people, to cars, to life, then to dogs. Mm. Again, if you're going to socialise your puppy, for me personally, socialise it with people as gently as you possibly can. Because if yeah. it bites a person, they're in trouble. If it bites yeah. a person, shit. But yeah, it's, it's a lot more difficult if a dog starts. So we want to ex- the dogs live in a human world. So why don't we socialize these dogs to people first? Yeah, let's get around dogs. Let's get around dogs. They were born frigging dog. They're pretty good at it. You know, they've, they've got better experience of being a dog than me. They've had a good little bit of understanding from their mum and their little mates generally, unless it's, mm-hmm. you know, for any reason. And yes, I'm not saying we don't need to socialize around dogs. We do, but we just do it wrong a lot of the time yeah 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 and we need it needs to be and that's what i was going back to lockdown i think it was actually some for some puppies it really helped because they wasn't just thrown in and had opportunity to to process that information against right right, cool but going back to to the whole neutering debate i think now there's recently been a scientific paper released and if you just google when should I neuter my dog? You'll find the paper. Um, it's they've done a nice summary. And basically, most dogs they're saying wait till they're a year old. 
some of the breeds that are, and it was over, I think, 36 breeds. So it's one of the biggest studies they've actually done on the effects of neutering. And it wasn't done from the behavioral perspective, which is what we look at it from. It was done from the physicality perspective. So were the dogs more prone to ligament injuries? Were the dogs more prone to getting things like cancer, stuff like that? And we know there are studies um, within Rottweilers that Rottweilers being neutered early can lead to them having bone cancer issues later on in life. Um, and there is science backing that. But for me, when I read that list, it was like, okay, most dogs, it was like a year, 18 months is about the kind of thing. I don't, personally, I don't believe any dog should be spayed or neutered under a year old. I don't agree with it. Um, and they certainly shouldn't be neutered as puppies, but that's a whole nother rant for another day. Um, but when I looked at German Shepherds, it said two years old. Now, for me, there's a few factors with Dodge, but I do want to talk about it because one of the things I see online is dogs acting up, especially during adolescence. I'll oh, get the nuts off. It'll be fine. Your dog when it has its testicles, has a lot of testosterone. And what people don't realize is testosterone is your confidence hormone. If you have a dog that is acting up or doing things that are from a fear-based side of things, and most, I would say, every single aggression dog I met through my journey, apart from one, has been fear-aggressive. Yeah. It's all been fear-based. It's all been down to nervousness and not understanding and the dog being uncertain. I've met one that's actually gone, do you know what? I just want to eat shit because it's fun. Just like scrap, yeah. Yeah, yeah you know, whatever. Um, maybe two, actually. Yeah. <laughs> but in general, it's dogs that are a bit on the back foot and they're behaving that way because they're nervous. Now, Dodge falls into that category. Yeah. You know, you, you've met him. He came out the van, took one look at you, shouted, and yeah. I moved him away from you a bit. Yeah. But with him, I think from a behavioural point of view, getting his nuts off would be one of the worst things I could do. Also, now we know he's got problems with, our, with his hips, testosterone also helps with muscle and bone development, but also maintenance. So for a dog that's a bit nervy, can be a bit of a knob and is a bit wonky on the back end, I. I'm not even contemplating. No, and that's it's, again, <laughs> them coming up again but... from from coming from a point of view where you 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 understand it all. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, definitely. But there will be people out there that that that, that get their dogs done at different. Now, times one thing I will say: any male dog owners that are listening, you can get a chemical castration. Yeah, and I think this this is a very kind of big step forwards in dogs and also behavior because if you've got a dog that you're like oh well is it going to be a good thing or is it not get the chemical castration done if the dog calms down and it really helps them out amazing but if it doesn't and you watch that dog crumble you've got to wait for the implant and then the dog will be back to normal yeah and whatever damage can be done in between there with, with the lack of yeah. hormones for any reason I don't, it, but yeah, maybe it's a it's a way of testing. It, <laughs> it is a little bit of a try yeah, before you buy, rather than just to, off. If it comes to castration, neutering, I'll I'll 
how bad I said I'm not I would say to her I'm not going to talk about it unless you talk to your vet mm-hmm. and as with trainers we could come on here and you could get another 10 trainers on here and one of them might be an advocate of neutering at early age because of a reason I don't know whatever yeah. they may say but and I say, if, if, if you're not happy with the advice you get from that vet, maybe just ring another one and just ask them. Just say, yeah. what do you think? Because yeah. it might be different advice. They all, I suppose there's a standard, as with everything, but mm-hmm. they, they might have a different reason of why it can and can't be done at certain ages. So, yeah. But, yeah, hormones are... Hormones are but <laughs> taking your dog to be spayed or neutered just because they're in the middle of adolescence and they're being a dick it's not going to make it it's not always it's not always going to fix an issue no. or ever fix an issue um it's never going to it might not change anything it might make things a lot worse yeah but by the time it's done it's too late so let's talk quickly while we're talking adolescence and things that people will get fixed if they have their dogs fixed it bags like under my eyes, by the way, through adolescent human. So it's a, it, every time I hear adolescence, it makes my teeth grind at the moment. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> you've just completely like, this is going to rock your boat now because now you've met your daughter and I'm really sorry. Um, humping. Yeah, let's <laughs> move on. <laughs> um, people have got this real thing that humping in puppies and dogs is, right, first of all, if, the first word that most people say, and this is like a trigger word for both of us, and I'm sorry, they're being dominant. Oh, yeah. It's not a fucking thing. I know. Again, it's education. We just go through, we keep explaining ourselves over and over again. Humping, yeah, some puppies hump, some puppies don't hump, some puppies hump just because they find it as an outlet. Some puppies hump because they get... Um, reinforcement from it from their owners. Oh, that's funny. Can he get lost? The dog goes, oh, that behavior of doing that movement on that teddy got me lots of attention. So I'll do it again. Yes, it was um, reinforcing, possibly in more than one way. Well, exactly. And whether a, a puppy can experience it as, as, as an older dog would, <laughs> I don't know. Um, but from that point of view, you don't see many dogs going around humping through, um, unless it's for breeding. My, I mean, my girls, when we when we hit the adolescent patch with the girls, um, Munch and Chica just kept humping each other. I remember one day, Munch outside, and Chica had grabbed Munch's head. So you have a small chihuahua <laughs> attached to the fat head's head, face humping her. Yeah, but also they've got a practice. I suppose in a way they've also got a practice because if they don't, how are they ever going to know how to do it? And otherwise we wouldn't have any puppies. And then I'll be out of a job and I'll be back at the post office. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot you used to be a postie. First class dog training. That's where the name comes from. Oh, my, do you know what? Hey, you never... didn't know, did you? Oh, you my God. It yeah, I know. Doesn't know why people don't always tweak. Because we're first. We so we have our actual postman. My dogs don't like, but there's another posty around here that I often see when I'm walking Dodge, and he's great because he sees me coming and he just backs up the driveway he's on while I walk past, and then comes back out and carries on what he's doing, yeah. which is lovely of him. You know where they are. It's he's like, oh, there's a large shepherd. I'm going to back up. <laughs> yeah. You you know your route very well when you're when when you're an experienced postman as I was you know where to where to hide and where not to hide and what post what letterbox did you throw the post through without putting your fingers through? <laughs> yeah, 
you know uh, yeah. what? Can we talk about that a minute? Go on. About being a postman with dogs. If you really want to. <laughs> well, I think it's one of those things that, like, again, we don't really... I, I don't think about it, but if you know your dog is likely to try and eat the postman. So in our house, we have the hallway. Our hallway's a weird shape. It's narrow, and then it goes into three doors, so it opens up. So the bit where it's narrow at the bottom of the stairs, we have a baby gate, mm. which is the magic barrier. And then that baby gate must be shut at all times yeah. before the front door is open. Yeah, yeah. Airlock. Yeah, there is. We have an airlock in our house because, you know, health and safety risk assessment. Also, I don't need chihuahuas flying out and being dramatic. No, but are you, are you saying what do, what, what do postmen think of that? Yeah, like a postman yeah, happy when they realise... Yeah, as with anything, anybody coming to your house, if a, dog, if a dog's going to threaten them in any way, then... I suppose there could be some kind of legal route, but as a post, as an ex-postman, not postman, mm-hmm. but as an ex-postman, you would, um, if you knew there was a, a dog of a certain character, of a certain house, you would generally place, place, you'd have that information and you'd put that on your frame. So for your route, and it would be, you'd have a dog card that said, dog at number 34, rushes the postbox or something if it was if it was a problem and if it was a problem and a continued problem the, the postman felt threatened then the owner would be spoken to by and then it could be a case of if, if the owner wouldn't do anything like that then, then they would have to come and collect their post because you, you wouldn't put the postman at risk by going to the property so. well, that's fair enough yeah, yeah yeah so yeah that's how it worked but yeah okay. but, was, but yeah, it was a long time ago i didn't ever get bitten by the postman the one that gets me at the moment, right, is people come to the porch. And, I mean, we had a little false alarm earlier. It wasn't even, it was just some walk past. The amount of time, they'll come to the porch. The dogs are causing complete havoc, chaos, mayhem. And then they ring the doorbell. Yeah. Like I wasn't aware. <laughs> you need to train your dogs. <laughs> what chihuahuas, dude. Like, yeah. No. But yeah, but yeah, it's it's working. But I don't mind you know, my dog's barking when someone rings the doorbell like that. Yeah. And that's but my also, question. you know, sometimes we like the dogs barking at dogs, it lets people know. At the end of the day, I have a large breed, a large guarding breed, as much as he's a herder, like he's also a guarding breed and he likes shouting. The chihuahuas yeah. love shouting. It's yeah. what they're bred to do. Exactly. Whatever. They talk to each other, aren't they? They like, talk to each other and everybody can, who can listen. And to be fair, the chihuahuas are normally the ones that set the big ones off anyway. I'm going to, I'm going to see a chihuahua straight from here. So. Oh, amazing. Long or short head? Short. It's good. We refer to them as the pinky and the brain dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was um, an un- unconfident puppy that's grown in confidence, which is good. Oh, love yeah. it, love it, love it. So let's go a little bit back in our journey of the puppy classes. So having those baby puppies under 16 weeks old. Yeah. What are your top three behaviours? We'll go for three. I'm sure okay. you probably go to five, but we'll go yeah, for let's, three. Let's go with three. Let's, yeah, we'll go with one if you like. Um, recall. Number so one. Your number one, the most important thing yeah. for any dog to be able to do. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, you got to think about what does, what does recall do for your dog? What does a good recall do for your dog in your, your, your life? So if you've got a perfect recall, your dog's rushing the front door. Yeah, dogs come back. We can we can solve that. If your dogs get out the front door, so they've got a really good recall from day dot, you can call them back. You can take them out. You can let them off the lead. 
they can be free, which is what they need to be for their mental health and their physical health. Mm-hmm. Dogs need a free run. Don't mm-hmm. care what anybody says, a dog needs a free run, whether you take it to an enclosed dog park that's secure. You know, people like us, we have a secure dog field we hire out. You know, you can bring yeah. a dog there for run securely. Even if it's a couple of times a week, give that dog an outlet. They must be able to let, be able to let, let it off lead. Even if the, the recall only works in that environment, at mm-hmm. least you can get a good recall. Maybe it runs out the front door. Maybe your dog jumps out the car when you open the front door. But recall so important. Your dog's upstairs. You want to call it down. We use recall all the time. And if we've got that foundations of recall, then you can start, if you want to go onto your journey and do dog sports or anything, or any working dog stuff, generally if you've got a good recall, you're pretty cool. Yeah. And recall, don't forget, you know, recall, focus, any of these things that just creates engagement with you, which is what recall is, just gets engagement with you. You're just a good thing. You're not mm-hmm. the best thing in the park because you're never going to be better than the squirrel or your hair, but your dog's just conditioned to liking you. You can't be running around and frigging like a rabbit or anything like that. But as long as from the from the early days, your dog enjoys hanging out with you, which is effectively what a recall is on cue. Yeah. Come and hang out with me now because good stuff's going to happen. But if we teach that from early days, from that tiny, tiny puppy, mm-hmm. You're more, you're going to have more confidence once they've gone through that knobby adolescent period where it doesn't matter because they need to go and experience the world and not in the breed and stuff like that. Yeah. And then you get back from, you know, as I said, with knockers, nine months, nine months in my own field training a recall. Mm-hmm. And I can take her most places and be off lead. That's one off. thing I will say as much as Dodge in adolescence has been a journey. Yeah. Call it a yeah. journey. It's been a stressful journey. His recall has been the one consistent. Yeah. Now, I think some of that may be down to his breeding and the type of dog he yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, probably but, but what, what you've put into him because what you want to do with him. If, if he was a, if he didn't have a good recall, well, you, well, you ain't going to be doing much hoopers with him, are you? Well, no, exactly. Yeah. Like, so, yeah, he's always... But the standard. one thing, so this week, I've got a little bit of a brag, and you saying that moment of when the dog gets it and you have that proud owner yeah. of him, Freaking like heart burst. It's good. No, the other day, flushed a pheasant. It's not yeah. even a gun dog. Flushed a pheasant. Yeah. Pheasants gone up. I didn't realize how loud pheasants were when they suddenly panic and go up in the air. Like, having lurchers, I know how loud they are and how, <laughs> how scary. Well, that's a bit fucking stupid, though, isn't it? They're not like self quietly. Like, yeah, no. So, Don't this, letting people know where you've flown to, you idiot. Just be this, quiet as you fly away. It's literally like, Come out of the bushes, squawking yeah. its freaking head. What someone someone said to me the other day, they're basically wood chickens. I was yeah. like, yes. Yeah. It's like they can fly. They Dodge went bolting along the fence line. Now, first of all, I was very proud that he realized there was a fence there and didn't try and go through because the fence wasn't the best, but bolted along. And I had that moment of oh, shit. Yeah. Because <laughs> you do. You have that little moment of, is this gonna work? <laughs> and called his name, used the cue. Yeah. Boom, came back to me. Now I did have one of his toys in my pocket, thank goodness. So he got massive toy. Now normally I would have the toy and I'd be holding the toy and we'd have a tug. Blah, blah. The speed he came back at me, I literally held the toy. Drop it. Played chicken yeah. as his teeth hit the toy, let go of it. Yeah. He ran around. I got to because he needed to bite something. Yeah. Once he'd had that kind of that 
that chase part yeah. of his nature Full for thing. him the most reinforcing thing i could have got a bit of cheese out but for him having a chomp on a ball and getting to pray the ball and shake the ball and go through that process of the motor pattern yeah was the best reinforcement. Well, I think you said the chase part's been filled, fulfilled and then the yeah. bite part's been fulfilled by 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 you offering him it. Um yeah. so yeah, so the reinforcement history that that should be massive. But yeah, I've but again just going back to why I teach recall. Uh, for you as well as a human watching your not you've just said it as a human having that part of where your dog, you know, I we knockers is part lurcher. <laughs> They're all part of Lurcher. But she's 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 <laughs> not as much, choices. She's not as much as Lurcher as Bolo, basically. So if Bolo chases something, if Bolo, if, if we're unlucky and we aren't, you know, we're, we're all dog people, we're not all experts and hundred uh, percent of our life. The times that you know, there's been a, a couple of times where we've just been caught out. We live in an area where there's lots of pheasants, lots of hair, lots of deer. And generally, we're managing it 99% of the time, but we all make mistakes. And sometimes he's been off the lead, he's seen something before we have, and we've gone, shit. Does he do the ear thing? If you can catch him on the ear thing before, if you can catch him on the point, good, you can call him back. <laughs> yep. If he points and leans, so if, even if he just points and starts to lean forward, You're it's gone. Yeah. Gone. And there's nothing at that point you can do. And... <laughs> It's quite scary, but the other times when they're off a lead and they're just messing around and you call them back, it makes you feel good because you know your dogs are having a great time running up and down. So for the human benefit of recall, it's it's so big. And if you can teach that as a puppy, and yes, we will say and we'll explain as you go for adolescence, you might have to be on a long line, but you can manage your walks. You can only let them off in certain places because I guarantee your dog's going to run off to every other dog in the park. But if you keep taking them there, keep letting them practice, then that's what they're going to learn. So through the adolescent period, maybe just practice your recall and keep your dog hanging out at the edge and practicing lots and lots. Mm -hmm. But recall for me is so important. And obviously that comes, you know, things like eye contact, massively important. But again, if you, you need eye contact for a good recall, really, because your dog mm -hmm. needs to be keep checking in with you so you can call them back, especially, yeah. you know. Um, with, yeah. Focus on you, recall. Um, yeah, I don't know, really, the third one. They're kind of all quite important. I quite like to, for me, so loose sleep walking, right, we'll go on to loose walking a bit. I'm not particularly bothered if my dogs walk on loose sleep. They're on a harness. If they pull a bit, yeah, it's my, it's, like, my favorite thing. It's, it's my favorite thing to teach, but it's also the, the longest thing to teach. And it's the yeah. most arduous thing to teach. And it's yeah. the thing that everybody gives up on. So I will teach loose lead. It is massively important if we can teach it correct and if, if the people yeah. need it. So it's hugely important. It's, you know, the key where everybody comes for public class because they want to socialize. Mm -hmm. That's a different story. <laughs> recall they want to come and they want to teach recall of course they do they want to be able to teach their dog to loose lead they probably want to teach leave it leave it um they probably <laughs> want to teach uh um a bit of loose lead but loose lead all comes from not all comes from but a lot of it comes from teaching a dog to focus on you when it's on the end of a piece of string anyway once we can mm -hmm. do that then we've got the foundations of that yeah and obviously as as a puppy class we teach focus 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 check in with me check in with me all this good stuff 
Can you hear that weather? Sorry, I'm just going to apologise to listeners. Apparently, I'm in a hailstorm right now. Ah, you're getting a storm. Um, So if you can hear weather interference, I'm sorry, but there's hail coming down. I'm glad Uh, the dogs are warm already. The thing for me as well, and I don't know if it's just because I'm... Maybe not so much with the chihuahuas, but with Dodge, definitely, it was teaching him an off switch. Yeah, yeah. And, and again, him that either go on your mat or just the yeah. chill out. And one thing I have to say is in the house, he's pretty easy. He'll go and chill out in bed. When we're teaching all these behaviours, mm. so we teach all these behaviours, exactly what I said to my puppy owners this morning. I said, we could rev your puppy up so easily. We could get your dog to do all these weird and wonderful things, chase this, chase that, do this, do that. But I said, in a year's time, when your dog coming to the end of this let's be nice about it this this development stage of their life <laughs> where, where, where we don't like them as much um by the time it comes to any of that are they going to be be happy f- they're going to want a recall definitely mm-hmm. um but if they've got a good recall then they can take their dog home and they can switch off it's so easy to teach a dog to rev them up but to teach a dog just to be in the present and that doesn't come from teaching behaviors that teach that that's from from just their surroundings and their general being and mm-hmm. i've got quite holistic in my old age if you like without burning joysticks behind me or anything like that but ah. i can't but but we talk about mental health a lot and we've all yeah. had whatever and with um, the lockdown and pandemics and stuff like yeah but if your dog as i said it's important that you can if your dog is happy your dog weirdly i wrote a post about this this morning and as you'll know i write lots of random stuff on facebook on, i love your facebook posts so they make me laugh so yeah but I, yeah. <laughs> but that but again it comes through through just watching and observing hundreds and thousands and puppies and people and what do people want they just want to my dog's been laid on the floor now for the last hour for me she's literally just started. yeah my little all asleep the second i set up the laptop and the microphone comes out they're like oh mum's yeah and, that, and that's not hours. you know not because it's an older girl now but she would have done that anyway so it's partly through breed partly through age but it's also partly just through not routine but her knowing actually just chill out man and her needs are met all her needs are met. And that's the thing. She's had a good run this morning. Um, she can hold her bladder for a very long time. She's pretty good at that. Mm-hmm. She doesn't particularly want to go out because of weather shit. Same as Bolo. Bolo's in his pyjamas upstairs in a, in a bloody sheepskin bed. I couldn't find Chihuahua earlier and she'd made yeah. a nest on the sofa. And I was like, oh, there you are. Okay, good. And to get him out and you go, right, Bolo, let's go and do some... What? can i just run down the lane and have a wee and a poo please and i'll come back and go to bed there his needs are met yeah. i do appreciate with puppies it's a lot different because they have lots more energy generally and they're exploring the world and they're much also, fearful puppies do need to sleep yeah yeah, yeah. overtired puppies are horrible puppy overtired puppies are brats yeah, yeah. again it's like kids we come back to this i'll go to owners and they'll go this is this is as hard as having children and and i'll go yeah it, it really can be and the reason being and then people oh god the kids are really hard yes kids are hard. you know <laughs> there's no doubt they're both really fucking difficult yeah but 
puppy owners sometimes feel quite um not ashamed but quite they don't really want to tell you how hard they're finding it but i'm like i, I get it the puppy owners I, I, that cry to you which and, and they're like embarrassed it's like, no i get it you've got a little land tiny thing that's got four legs that can move and it is mobile you can't just leave it in a crib swaddled up why it just yeah snip. it's not like one of them human ones that just poops exactly and feeds and feeds. it has like... teeth that are razor sharp that mm-hmm. doesn't know how to use them appropriately um what it is using it appropriately it's a puppy it doesn't care it's a puppy it's whatever works and, and the then it catches it, and then it's biting the kids, and then it's biting somebody else, and it's biting something you don't want it to, and it's relentless. And then they go for another stage. And I'm not putting people, people, please keep getting puppies, by the way, because because otherwise I'll be out of a job. So it's not that hard. It's actually really nice. It's no, lovely. it's not. No, I'm <laughs> going to come for it from the other side. Never yeah. get a puppy. They're a pain in the eye. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> we we take on these things, and we should never take on any any animal, any human, any anything without going, Joe, this is going to be fucking hard work. This is going to be hard work. But the the, the good stuff that hopefully, and yes, there are dogs and there are people that that are mismatched and will never work. And I don't care what anybody says there are. It will never work no matter what we try for various reasons. Um, But if it does, it's great. The benefit you get, taking my dogs out for walk, when I'm watching Knockers walk, it's an old English sheepdog partly, uh, mostly. The fluky she, bit. She's off her lead and she's got that rolly bum going. That's brilliant. Oh, she's nothing like, she she swagger. She's swagger in her walk. She's got that proper old English swagger wobbly bum. And it's just, it's nothing nicer. But if if she can go off a lead, then I'd watch her on lead. I like her watching her be free. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But puppies, puppies are hard work, yes. no doubt about it. Yes. But we need to be there and manage it, manage it as best as you possibly can. So if they can take their dog out and they can go, right, okay, my, my dog's been absolutely not, it's full of energy, I need to go and give it a run. But at least I feel like I've got a 70% chance of being able to call my dog back. <laughs> not 100, never near 100. No, and right, yeah, this is the a good point as well. You will be- never, ever 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 have a hundred percent recall yeah. ever no try owning a lurcher <laughs> so i i used to walk a whippet this is how i knew about the ear thing yeah. because um anyone that has a sight hound right <laughs> lovely ellie whippet would if she suddenly spotted something if i was quick enough i could get her back on the lead but Flat as you say streamline as possible like her ears would go yeah. up and then cross over. And then flat. And then oh. flat. And, oh, if it got to flat, I was like, she was gone. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like, ah, nuts. Okay. Yeah. But again, um, but having, having uh, we know in certain situations, there's nothing we can do. But if they're just hanging around, even a sight hound, you can teach a sight hound a good recall. They do have a good recall. But, yeah, just... You you can teach any dog to recall. You can teach a husky to recall. You can definitely teach a beagle to recall. Yeah, but yeah, I've got, I've got some you need to make sure beagles. that you are reinforcing it. Yeah. That the reinforcement is worth the dog's time and effort to be coming back to you. And also, I think it's one of those things where 
you know, going back to saying puppies are hard work. Yes, they are. And I, I always joke that if puppies weren't super freaking cute, no one would ever get one. No, and if he didn't go for it, go for a point of a puppy that was really, really hard work and it becomes enjoyable. I mean, you know, puppyhood is enjoyable as well. That's oh, why people have bloody Instagram and Facebook puppies. pages dedicated to their dogs. And it's great. And it's great for kids to be brought around puppies to understand, you know... Puppies are, they're hard, but they're also really, really, really rewarding why I do my job. I don't do my job because it's so hard. I want to fix. I do my job because, yeah, I do like hanging out with people and pups. It's, who wouldn't? But the thing is, as well, getting puppies early and getting them on the right path is going to make the whole adolescent drama yeah. so much easier yeah. if you've already put the work in. Yeah, now, because they'll come out the other side and that, that hard wiring that's been chiseled into their brain as, as that young puppy mm-hmm. and all those hormones start to sort of almost like a bottle of coke I was trying to explain open a bottle of coke it all goes really fizzy and then it starts to defizz and then it all comes nice and flat again yeah but that takes about two years for that bottle of coke to stop to stop fizzing yeah. but you know everything underneath is quite stable and if you've taught that stability first, mm-hmm. you'll get all that fizzy mess as, as they go through yeah. it. But once that all starts to fizzle down, you'll get that stability again. Because the dog's it's hardwired into the dog's brain from early age, what you've yeah. why it's a and we know that when we, period and, when we reinforce a behavior, it happens more. If the dog finds yeah. the behavior reinforcing, they will perform the behavior more. Yeah. So Recall's like a really good example because the amount of times I've seen it where I've watched a dog just go hooning across the park at another dog and the owner hasn't even tried to call it back. And you're like, no point, (laughs) dude, you clearly know. Yeah, at least say, (laughs) uh, sorry, my dog's coming over, I'm coming to get him or her. Yeah, no. Yeah. I remember I was out with um I was out with Dodge and luckily I had Dale with me that day as well, thank God, because I don't I I got the impression that if it had just been me as a lone female, the conversation may have gone differently. But we were walking across the park, all of a sudden dog appeared on its own in a gateway. So we stopped and then the bloke appeared and the dog went to carry on coming towards us. And I was like, Can you call your dog, please? And he said the dog's name, nothing really happened. And I went, Can you call your dog, please? He's not friendly. And he went, oh, well, I'm trying. And then he took one look at Dale and Dodge and went, oh, yeah, come here, boy, come here, and suddenly yeah. called his dog. And I did get the impression that if it hadn't been a large German Shepherd attached to a large burly builder, uh, yeah. he would have made zero effort to call his dog back. Yeah, and, and it's a huge thing. I've written about it multiple times, ranted <laughs> it's about, one about it. Mm. It's, it's, it's pointless to be doing, to be honest. Maybe it's just something I just feel like I have to write. But And there's a couple of certain things going around at the moment. It's the okay, friendly stuff, which we, we get now. We all get. All dog professionals understand this. We're trying to educate people, the public, as best we possibly can. Um, but it's always going to happen. It's mm-hmm. really annoying. I took my dog, I dropped my daughter to ride in the other day, and me and Knox went for a walk around the woods. And it was really early in the morning, so there weren't many people. And I think we saw 12 people with their dog. A dog comes, Knox goes on lead, we move to the side, blah, 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 because mm-hmm. she can bark a little bit. 
But 11 of those people just let their dogs come running over. And I just, I went, oh, whatever. Uh. What can I do? All I did was when the dog come over, I let Knox lead go loose and go, you can deal with it. I There's no point in me talking to the other people because it's what they do. It's what they don't know any different. If I stood, if I had the opportunity to stand there and say, look, the reason I asked you this was because this, they might go, oh, yeah, okay. Mm. Really sorry. But so... That's little story for you friend my best off, friend i talk about her a lot on this podcast lucy if you're listening freaking love you um she has got beautiful mally emily you've met emily mally yeah, yeah, no, best yeah. mally in the world yeah. she's gorgeous um so she was out the other week with um mally and a dutch um the mally's very dog friendly the dutch is mm, she didn't have a lot of socialization so she's not always appropriate with her play but if Lucy's got a ball in her hand, that's the focus. She doesn't care what the rest of the world is doing. There's a ball. Oh, my God, yeah. you've got a ball. Give me the ball. I need the ball. So Lucy called the dogs over, sees these other dogs coming round, called the dogs over, just popped them in and down. And dogs came running over and they're sniffing. And Lu the thing with her Dutch as well, if she puts her on lead, she gets very big yeah, emotions. Yeah. Yeah. If she just pops her in a down and has a ball, then she can kind of deal with the situation better. And the bloke, as he came past her, and, oh, look, they're playing musical statues. <laughs> what? Yeah. Like, are you fucking serious? Make no effort to call the dog <clears throat> or anything. And it just baffles me how... You have the whole part. And the thing for me, everybody has a right to go to green space. Everybody has a right to go to the park and have a lovely time. If I want to sit in a corner and read a book, that's down to me. I don't yeah. expect to have every single dog at the park run over to me and say hi. If I'm trying to train my dog in the corner of the park and I'm deliberately trying to avoid you, why the fuck have you followed me? Yeah, I... I, I do, I get it. And as I said, I've written about it and I've wound myself up about it. <laughs> oh, you know it's one of my triggers. Because but I, I'm at the on, point on, on the other hand, I kind of look at it from, from a point of view. So, oh, dog training journey uh, started <laughs> however many years ago. But before I was a dog trainer, before I was interested, I always knew a bit about dogs. But I remember even stuff like just seeing a dog down the road, that's a nice dog. Mm. see a dog out of the park it's a nice dog now you go that's a nice dog oh that looks like that that's when you kind of overanalyze and then yeah, somebody's yeah. walking a dog in the park and their dog runs up to you and you overanalyze you actually go they just think their dog's fine because they don't a lot of these people don't know yes some people don't care that's fine but some people just don't they don't get so we can educate and say the reason being is because and, and partly that's what's kind of happening with all these social media things at the minute there's a reason rather than just say, call your dog back, don't let your dog run after other dogs, because that aggressive mm -hmm. approach will just piss people off. Yeah. So please don't let your dog run after, because it can be potentially really dangerous for the other dog and really scary for the other dog. Mm -hmm. So if people knew that, then yeah, easy, but not everybody's going to listen. It's one of those yeah. banging your head against a brick wall. But if we can educate as many people and these new puppy owners are coming through. And again, that's, that's what part I was of my say, job. Though, you are at the front line of going, yeah. guys, just FYI. Yeah. yeah. But they, they don't understand, you know, and it's 
if we can get in there in the education, as I said, when you, when you asked, what's the, 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 what do I want to teach the most? I want to teach you just, you can hang out with your dog and you can have a nice dog. I want to teach the owner mainly that it's pretty cool just to have a puppy, just hang out with it if need be, feed it a load of chicken and <laughs> move on, yeah, hang out, make sure it's got a good recall, yeah. make sure you understand the, the, the laws of the land, that if your dog runs up to another dog, yes, you will get caught out at times because you've got a puppy and they just don't know what they're doing. Um, yeah. And you might have to, I'd rather you shout, sorry, he's coming over, I'm going to come and get him, then yeah. it's okay, he's friendly, which is that afraid. I, I've say I'm guilty, I've written about it. Um, <laughs> you know, you know my response to "Don't worry, it's friendly" and it upsets people. Yeah, but I just sorry, sorry, I'm going to come and get them. If somebody just says sorry, if I'm going to come. I'm really sorry. sorry. I'm going to get them. I yeah. know they're trying. Yeah, uh, fine. Yeah, and then then we're on to then it's okay. Cool. I'll just, I'll get your dog for you. I'll hold your dog, or my my dog will hold your dog for you. Depends which one it is. But this is the thing as well. And for me, like, so with the Chihuahuas, from their perspective, having other dogs bolting over to them is really terrifying. You're little. You're very small. We could. Yeah. Yeah. This this is something we will never. But then I have the other (laughs) extreme of Dodge, who is I would say generally polite around female dogs. Yeah. But he's a knob brown male dogs because he's still at that down the pub having a few pints looking for a row yeah. like yeah. that's what i say it's like it's like having a drunk teenager half yeah it's competitive nature isn't it of, of boys the reason boys. i'm keeping him away from other dogs is because i don't want to set him up to fail no. now if you're allowing your dog and to the point where the other day i actually had a tennis ball followed by a dog head straight towards us while he was on lead. Like, what are you doing? But again, these people generally (laughs) don't, they they don't, they either don't understand the implications of it. Generally, they they just don't. They think, oh, it's cool. There's another dog. Dogs are good. Don't forget, we're told so many times that so dogs are sociable creatures. Dogs are sociable. Dogs are sociable with other dogs. Dogs are so... People's perception of socialization and how dogs should be should be well, they're, they're all right with each other anyway. And generally they are, um, until they're stacked by a ball and a fucking dog chasing past while they're under your lead. And then they either get scared or they want to join in and you get yanked off your feet. Yeah. But the other owner doesn't see what sort of that does to you or the actual yeah. implications of it all. But yeah, we can't we we can't change the world like that, unfortunately. We can just do our little bit through the puppies. And that's thing. the thing. I think if on the front line, if you can explain to the puppy owners, especially first-time puppy owners, look, if you see someone that has a little yellow sleeve on their finger, if you see someone with their dog on their lead and they look like they're trying to avoid you, they are trying to avoid you. Yeah. <laughs> they're not being horrible. They're probably either trying to keep your puppy safe or their dog doesn't need a puppy bouncing around them yeah i just think again from from puppy classes we we just we need to explain just we don't need to go into to massively huge detail but just keep your dog happy keep your dog safe yeah socialize them gently make sure they're okay around people if you've Mm -hmm. got dogs that they're going to spend the rest of their life around family dogs yep dog friendly family dogs mm-hmm. get them around those because that's you know if you want to go around 
Auntie Jean's for Christmas and she's got a, a really lovely old dog and that's where you're going to be going. Get those dogs used to each other. So yes. it, it, or, or trying, and if it doesn't work, then maybe you'll have to come up with a different plan. Yeah. But do that and get it used to the kids. Get it used to, if you've got children, don't forget, you'll probably, hopefully we're going to stay in the situation we're in now where we, we, we can have people around. If you've got children, your puppy needs to be gently exposed to other kids, not taken down to the school gates and handed round. Some dogs might thrive on that, but some dogs might not. It, it can just be there and hanging out and watching these screaming kids and they're going to come over to them anyway. But there's, we can do as what we, as what we can, as, as safely as we possibly can, but we're never going to get it 100% right. We can only advise and, and help if it goes tits up, basically. But the other thing I'll add as well is like, you know, just I would love you know, I've got no problem with people getting puppies. I've got no problem with people going through. Well, why? It's my bloody job. Well, exactly. But <laughs> do your breed research. Yeah, I'll write about that as well. Like, please. You know, it's it's the reason why I ended up with Dodge as a secondhand puppy at 17 weeks old. Because at 10 weeks old, he was already shouting at people. You <laughs> tend to find people. So you know. First time, first time puppy owners will, will get whatever they find looks nice generally, which is fine. That's that's okay. We we know all that. Um, but then you'll get people who come to puppy classes, they go, Well, it's my fifth Labrador, it's my fifth boxer, it's my fifth, mm -hmm. I don't know, whatever. They they find that dog. It's my fourfold English sheepdog. Four, mm -hmm. yeah. What people find, but you know, we can, we do it, research the breed is massively important because they do have breed traits and they will come out. And if you're not expecting them, they will probably scare the frigging lot and you'll think your dog's broken, particularly if you've got a kind a mixy kind of mixture of breeds yeah. in particular. You know, there's certain mixed breeds out there that are so hardwired with energy that people don't realize that these family friendly dogs are. Yeah, going back to your so, coke analogy, it's not like you've lifted it up and it's bubbling a bit. It's like someone it's kicked busy. it down the road for five minutes and then tried to open it up. And that fizziness, and it's and you're just going to shake it for the rest of your life, basically, <laughs> because it doesn't go flat. It doesn't come back down until they're like eight or nine. We all know yeah. what we're talking about. Um, but again, that just needs research and that needs education. But generally, if we start saying, don't do this, don't do that, people will always push back. Yeah. If we can talk about what's why it's happening. And again, to go back to Steve, Steve, why, 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 why? I've mm -hmm. got my entire, my big, everything. It's always why, because it's so important. Yeah. If they understand why is the dog so busy? Why does a dog mm -hmm. chase traffic? Why does a dog chase hare, deer? It's my dog, by the way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, well, that's what he's bred to do, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so what can I do about it? Well, manage it, probably. Yeah. Manage it more than likely to put some control and management in place. Train an alternative over time. But firstly, manage it. Make sure you get your relationship back on track with your dog because that's generally gone tits up by that point. So just, if, dog also, training, giving them dog appropriate outlets. Dog's no. lifestyle is what we're looking for. We're looking for dog's lifestyle. Is, yeah is what we're trying to create. A dog a dog known as lifestyle, that's what we're trying to create, rather than not just all these fancy bits and pieces, these tricks and flips. Yes, we do need those, and they are important. I'm not saying they're not, but if we can create the right lifestyle and the balance of the environment, then the rest of it's pretty easy, really. They're only out there, bloody 5% of the day. 
And this, unless, it's my, this unless it's my dogs, and when I do don't have a very busy day, they're out the house nearly all bloody day. Let's go for another walk. Let's go for another walk. Let's go for another walk. Yeah. Whereas, like you know, my guys, they do not a lot for twenty-two hours of the day now. George is the most active in our household. He's younger. We do sport. The girls, like the girls are sofa ornaments. Today, the weather is grim. The girls have gone out, done their toilets and they're back in. They're following Bolo's plan of like, do not go outside in the horrendous weather because it's just He he has actually moved. He's gone from the bed upstairs to the duvet downstairs. The duvet bed. (laughs) But yeah, but you know, it's socialisation and puppy, puppy, Puppy edge, puppy owners education. It's it's mm-hmm. really important. And do find a good puppy class, but also once yes. you've done puppy class, keep up with the training. Don't just do six weeks of puppy class and think your dog's trained for the rest of. Yeah, yeah. Even if it's at home, just do do something. Even if you're just going to train recall for nine months. Even if just that, just do that. I feel, I feel like that's kind of like scarred you a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but but it was but but it was the most important thing I did. Yeah, because she's she's on her lead. I don't know, hardly ever, literally yeah. hardly ever. She's you know obviously around the streets, but I don't walk her around the streets. I take her to places where she's where she wants to go. Well, which is I would love to be in able the middle of nowhere and just have a mooch around yeah. in the middle of the fields. That's what that's what my dogs like to do. That's their favourite thing. And if I said to her, "Do you want to go for a walk around the street?" Why? Yeah. Why? Can I sniff some dog piss? Yeah, if you want, see some dog piss and lamppost, okay. Or do you want to go out into the living defence? Or do you want to go out into the fields and have a have a mooch around along the ditches, nowhere, to, you know, some yeah. fresh air? Have be able to run, stretch your legs up and down the banks, yeah. not run through the farmer's crops because I don't know my dogs do. That's another story for another day. Yeah, um, do not let your dogs run through farmer's crops, people. That's, it's that's not a thing. Don't do livelihoods. It. Thank you very much. <laughs> that's that's another story. Um, but yeah, you know, they can run up and down the, the footpaths and they, they come back and they might only been out for 20, 30 minutes, but they go, oh, brilliant. Thanks. That was good. Did you see any other dogs? No. Did you need to? Not really. Oh, I need to move right. there. That yeah, you need to live in a fence. It's very bleak and it's very flat. And yeah, That's but. the thing as well, isn't it? It's flat because for me, it's, I joke that I do meerkat walking. Yeah, it's, it's good in the fence. I hide behind the cars. Yeah. That, but you know, I, I appreciate not everybody's as lucky as me. They don't live with lots and lots of wide open space. I do appreciate that. But again, if that's the case, then we need to, we can still stuff we can do locally. There's still uh, and we go to here. like a probably twice a month, I go to a secure field. Yeah. So that I can literally just they can just do dog stuff and all I have to do is walk around and pick up who. Yeah, and well that's the same as my field, you know. Training. When we have the there. same, we have, you know, our secure field. I've got a secure field. I hire mine out as well. Uh, and we have people, we have regulars that come down and that's the only off-lead time their dogs yeah. get. But they've the owners have said to me, this is my dog's fave. They squeal. Somebody sent me a video. They live about 20 minutes away. The dog was squealing as they left because the dog knows where it's going. It was it at Stafford? Uh, no, it was a um, oh. Malinois. Malin uh, oh, Malin well, there we go. Okay, so shepherd squeal, not a Stafford squeal. I know the squeal. The dog's so excited because they know, and that's and the owners go back and go, oh, at least had a good run. And yeah. then they get some people who just come for a bit of a, I just want to fancy let me dog run around for a bit. But for somebody, that's, these facilities for some people are critical for their dog's oh, for emotional me, well-being. 
for me, they really are. Like, if I didn't have access to secure fields, and I'm lucky, there's a few that are just kind of flat fields. Yeah. One of the ones, uh, Dogs and Dandelions near me, shout out to Celia. Um, Firstclassdogtraining.org, just shout out to myself. There we go, do we it. We'll, we'll market deep in Peterborough. <laughs> but where Celia is, she doesn't have a massive space, but there's a little search wall. There's some little low level kind of, there's a little seesaw, there's a tunnel, there's some mounds, there's some tires, there's some pallets. And the dogs just kind of mooch and sniff around, hang about and sort of run about a bit. And I've got a picture, we were there one day, it was a lovely sunny day. Chica just took herself over to like this little crate thing and curled up inside the crate and went to Kip. And I was like, Chica, I've, I've just spent money to take to this lovely field. She was like, yeah, but I want to sleep here, okay. Yeah. Knockers all lay in the corner in our field. That's fine. You know, that's absolutely cool. Do. But for me, because the world is such an overwhelming place, being able to go to a field, and actually Dale has now realised that coming to a field for me is quite fun because apparently walking with me is the most non-fun, stressful thing you can possibly I can't, I can't, I can't think why. What, me and Dodge being lovely and calm and quiet in That's the situation. Fine. Oh, yeah, but it but it is important. And your dog, your dog doesn't need to run around. You know, your dog might go, it depends on your dog. If you're throwing a ball thousands of times, one, you're gonna hurt them, two, whatever. Don't start me on I'll come, that. I'll come back on one day. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> but if you're gonna go, and if your dog, if your dog only gets to chase and chase and chase because you're providing a fake chase and chase and chase and chase, then your dog's gonna chase and chase and chase. But if your dog goes to the field, yes, it might have a zoomie and have a good old blast around, a good old runner. But then at some point, it's going to get its head down, it's going to sniff, it's going to potter, it's going to plod, it's going to come to you, it's going to interact. And it's great. It's, it's Because if it, dogs, be dogs in the wild don't do bull chasing and zoomies and craziness, they just want to go and hang out, mooch around a bit, and then... Eat shit yeah. from the bin. Yeah, you know... That'd be Knox Perfect Life. Just mooch around and eat shit from a bin. Love it. <laughs> Quite happy. Yeah. Well, I might, I might send her out. That can be a, a new um. Oh, a new it's, not, it's not the 70s anymore, dude. No, no. Just open your door and let your dog free. We're not allowed to do that anymore. No, but not many people used to... There weren't many It's Okay's friendly posts going on Facebook in the 70s. <laughs> this is also true. Um... So I, I, I get it. I, I understand all that. I said I'm guilty. I write about it a lot, all these type of things, but mainly through just. But also, I try and educate why. Yeah. And I why, do have to say that me, me saying, could you call your dog, please, when I'm attached to Chihuahuas, often yeah. ends up with me just picking them up because. Yeah, me dog saying dog. can you call your dog please when i'm attached to a large shepherd can't pick this one up more efficient yeah well exactly what well, the thing is I, I think partly it, if i've got if we've got bolo bolo i'll have a muslong just because he's because what he is um what you mean you don't want him taking down animals and creatures in the world pretty much yeah you know, sight hound. Uh, and he also eats shit um ah, nice. he's managed so he's, he has a muslong and and knockers is a big friendly fluffy beast of a dog so people are going to let their dogs going to come over to her particularly they still do it to bowl but it's just people don't know that's all it is people don't understand um we so said we we could go knocking we probably need to knock on everybody's door in the entire world and just sit down with them for 10 minutes cup of tea and have a leaflet and say this is what could happen to your dog but we it's not gonna happen but like i said if we can get from the front line at least our puppy owners my puppy owners are going to be the ones who go okay 
I'm not going to do that. But if it happens to me, what I will do is I'll let my lead go as loose as possible and let my dog try and deal with it. Yeah. Or if I've got a little dog, I'll just scoop it up and walk away. But oh, there are so many times I wish I could just scoop Dodge up and walk away, but my back is not going to withstand. No, I'm, I'm definitely not going to do it with Nox either. Or Bono, to be fair. Well, for that shit. Yeah. But I do sometimes feel with Dodge that should I just let that lead go loose and see what would happen? But then if he did hurt another dog, I would feel horrendous. But if he's on leads and I've got him with me, then my dog's, and I don't like the word it's, control, but it's, at it's, least it's, he it's, is. It's, it's a very difficult issue. We could have a hundred people on here and we could, we, uh, and lots of people have a different view about that. I think the thing <laughs> is, if, if your recall isn't hundred percent, just pop a long line and a harness on your dog, yeah. keep yeah. it safe. If, you get caught out and your dog does happen to run over to another dog. Just go, sorry, let me come and get them. Yeah. And the owner will go, I mean, don't get me wrong. They're still going to be swearing and muttering. Under of course the they are. But at least they're going to, at least they know nuts. you've tried and you've made the effort to apologize and you've not tried to cause distress or you've not just, or you're just not giving a shit. Yeah. It's, it's the Manners. ones that go, well, it's my right for my dog to. Yeah. I don't go up to every person and lick their face. Yes, that you would be do. fucking weird. Yes, you do. I've seen you do it. I do not go up to random people and lick their face. Anyway, <laughs> not now we've had a pandemic. People you know. <laughs> Pre-pandemic. Yeah, yeah, you're not allowed to do it now, do anyway. It's yeah. weird in a mask. But do you know what I mean? Like, you wouldn't go up to every single person in the street and go, hello, 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 no. hello, because, like, it's just weird. Yeah. Why do you think it's okay for your dog to do it to other dogs? Because we ban this socialisation word around far too indiscriminately. Exactly. Right, exactly. But, you know, that's, that's what it is, I think. Um, Mr Lee, if yeah. people want to find you... <laughs> honestly, though, ser- no. <laughs> right, oh, so no. virtually I'm on Facebook... I'm not giving my address. Oh. Uh, okay. So... <laughs> So Facebook, so Facebook, first class dog training. Um, and honestly, guys, give it a follow because the post Lee puts up, some of them are serious. There's normally a serious understanding, but I have been known to snort when reading first class dog training. I've written the odd serious one, the odd, the odd serious one. Um, or on Instagram, dog trainer Lee or the puppy specialists. Ah, I didn't realise you were on the Insta. We will sort out the follows for that then. Um, so, guys, yeah, find Lee um, there. If you not are around the per, fence... Not on a personal Facebook page. I don't have one. Yeah, because you're a weirdo. Um, <laughs> but if people are near the fence, they can come and do actual puppy, yeah. physical puppy classes with you. And you do other training as well, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do. I do everything. But, you know, we specialise. We First class dog training, the puppy specialists is that's because what we specialize in um but yeah we we have hoopers class we have following classes we have bronze we have circuits we have all sorts we have puppy packages we do one-to-ones we do just get in touch we have a secure field get in touch with there's, there's lots and lots and, and if he can't help he'll know a trainer yeah, i'd always i'll always pass people on I always refer yeah. if if it's not for me i will refer it i'm not you know i will refer on because that's what a professional should do if somebody's better at something new they should be able to refer it on. so exactly yes 
<laughs> he gets a click for that because yeah, that makes my heart happy. Yeah, yeah. So guys, hope you've enjoyed this episode. Um, we are nearly, we are in December and we are nearly at the big day of the baby's birthday. So have a good one for that. Um, there is one more episode until Christmas. It's, it's just taking me like a few seconds to work out what the fuck you were talking about then. <laughs> we're in the future because we're recording ahead. So now there's only like one episode till Christmas. And I what baby? <laughs> what baby's birth? The baby Jeepers. I know, I know now. It's just, <laughs> it's just twigged. I'm going, I, I can't remember what we spoke about the, the who's who's having a baby. Maybe I talked about this earlier and it's just gone. That's yeah. hilarious. You yeah, baby Jesus. Yeah, happy happy birthday, Jesus. Have a lovely day. <laughs> yeah. Right, so guys, um, you can obviously, please, if you've enjoyed the episode, rate, review and subscribe. Um, if you want to follow me on social media, um, Instagram is Canine Hoop as well, plus Dodge Shepherd and Minx Chihuahua. If you want to follow us on Facebook, we've got a big Facebook group there. And until next time, stay safe, be kind, wash your hands thoroughly, keep your dogs on lead around livestock, don't let them lick toads, and don't let them steal the Christmas pud. Take care, guys. Bye. For more information on Hoopers, where to find classes and Canine Hoopers World Instructor courses, find us on Facebook, like our page, join our free group, Canine Hoopers World. You can follow us on Instagram and we're also on Twitter at Canine Hoopers. Check out our website, www.caninehoopersworld.com. Remember, Canine Hoopers World, everyone's invited.